Hey everybody, welcome back to History of Westeros podcast. It's season six time. I hope you guys are excited because we are, and it's only 15 days away as of this recording. So it's time to get hype if you aren't already. Welcome back, Ashea. Good to have you back with us. Ashea is going to be our moderator today, handling the questions as well as answering some along the way, too. And of course, we are joined by our friends from Radio Westeros. Say hello, Lady Gwen and Yoke Boy. Hello there. Hi. Glad to be back. Right on. It's very good to have you guys again. Radio Westeros has been up to their usual business. They've put out a recent pair of episodes on Littlefinger. Really good stuff. You should check it out if you haven't. And, of course, our recent episodes on Ashai and uh, our Season 6 preview for show viewers have been put out recently as well. So, a couple more announcements before we get started. We want to get started as soon as possible. we got to take care of a little bit of business first. Uh, the function of this episode and episodes like it during the season it's it's a little tricky because spoilers have changed. What's a spoiler now? Okay. You know, it, even dis differentiating show spoilers and book spoilers is one thing, but now we have casting spoilers. There's leaks occasionally. It's just such a hard thing. And the books and show have diverged so much. We're not going to treat anything in the show like it's going to happen in the book with maybe a few exceptions. Things have diverged so much, it's really its own animal, but that doesn't mean there aren't connections and parallels and things we can't learn from the two about the other. So this is also going to function as a bit of a support group <laughs> to explain that. What I mean is a lot of people are bummed out that The Winds of Winter isn't out yet and that the books may get a little spoiled because of the show. So part of what we're going to do this season, today and throughout the season, is to kind of ruminate on that whole business and decide whether the show is spoiling the books or not and to kind of come to grips with all that. It was something suggested by our very first Patreon supporter, Liz Egrek, uh, Lady Dire Liz of Castle Naki. And we thought about doing it last year, but couldn't really put it together. Now, however, now it's when it's necessary. Now is when we're really past the books and we got to start to figure out the difference between these two canons and, and get that all straight in our heads. I occasionally find myself getting confused on small, very small lines. It's like, was that the book or the show? And occasionally that happens, not very often, but occasionally. So real quick, one other thing, the story of our intro. We have a couple, we've got the questions about the intro and where it came from. And of course it's, it's awesome. Uh, you know, we can, we can say that we didn't create it so we can, yeah. we can pat ourselves on the back without, you know, taking credit for it. <laughs> yeah, our friend uh, Michael Clarfeld, Claradox, uh, Claradox, uh, his website, which is linked in, will be linked in the description. He has DeviantArt. Um, I saw him working on a Westeros map uh, last year or something like that. And I, of course, commented because it was gorgeous. It's this one right here. Yeah, right there. And <laughs> I just kept commenting and we got to talking about stuff and he was printing out some for his friends. And so he sent me one. Um, and then I asked him, when I knew we were going to a convention, I asked if he'd want a copy of his map signed. And, of course, yeah, he would. We want their map signed by we George R. R. We forgot to get, switch out our map again. We have a signed <laughs> copy of this map, too. And we don't have it hanging up. But, uh, anyways, we sent it on over to him. Next thing we knew, he sent us a message saying he made us an intro video. He was making a one just using that map. And our only request was that our music by Joey Townsend was in it. 
So and, that was already, yeah, those are only inputted. So and he, uh, so he used uh, Cybass pieces by Dutch Mogul, uh, which is linked um, on Thingiverse in the description. Um, you can 3D print your own Cybass game if you wanted to, if you have a 3D printer. Um, sounds pretty cool to me. So if you are normally a listener to us on on iTunes, because I know more than half of, of our audience is uh, is audio only. You haven't seen our cool intro. So come check it out. We posted it as a standalone on our YouTube channel. It's 48 seconds or so, and it's just really sweet. So if you get a minute, check it out. Literally a minute is all it takes. <laughs> One more thing before we start. We have been making a few changes to our Patreon campaign. In the past, for $2 a month, you could get your name on our website, as well as all episodes one day early. From now on, it's two days early. So there you go, a little benefit booster. If you want to sign up to support the show, two bucks a month gets you that. We've got a lot of other levels as well. That's Check true, out. by the way, for all episodes except for these show episodes. That's right. These will be posted as soon as we finish them. Time sensitive. There's, yeah, they're too time sensitive. We can't hold them, hold on to them for too long, or the next episode comes out, it's too late. So hmm. it doesn't work for these. But for all our regular episodes, that applies. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get to the questions. One thing about how this, the questioning works. If you have asked us questions outside of this app, we probably won't get to them. There's a lot of questions in the app, and that's where we prefer to have them because if, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see here that the questions are posted. You can upvote them, and that way everyone gets to see what's there. So mm -hmm. if you've asked us questions outside of the app, sorry, we're, we're probably not going to answer them, although somebody may have asked a similar question. So you may get your question answered that way. But if you want to get asked, answered questions in the future, go to the event page. There's the video player sitting right there, squarely in the middle of the screen. And there's a little Q&A button in the upper right. Press that button. That's where the questions can be asked and, and upvoted. Yeah. So without any further ado, let us get started. Yeah, I think uh, our first question will be... A bit of a round robin question. Yes. I'm going to go with this question by Jeff Hartline of Wars and Politics of Ice and Fire, who we've had on the show. He asks, Stoneheart? Stoneheart. <laughs> we, um, have a, we have a various opinions here. Why don't you go ahead and share and give yours. I'm not getting my hopes up. I don't think that they would have Stoneheart after they called her pointless. They called that point pointless, and I think they just wouldn't have talked about it at that point. So I, I just don't want to get my hopes up. That's that's a fair point, and I think it, it, if we're being optimistic, that what you what you're saying was them deflecting and maybe trying to conceal what they were going to do later. It's some people might think it's odd to have Stoneheart this late in the game, but this is the season we're going to get the Riverlands plot. It would make sense that they would put that during the time where we're actually going to the Riverlands. Jamie's going to go there, possibly other characters as well. Just like the Tower of Joy scene, you would have expected it maybe to be in season one. That's when it parallels happening in the books, but they bumped it all the way to season six because it's paired up with John's death. More on that later, of course. A lot of questions relating to John. Yeah, so let's move on. Uh, Lady Gwyn, what do you think about Stoneheart? Uh, well, I think Aziz made a good point. You know, this is where we would logically expect to see this happen because of what we know about Riverlands arcs coming back. Um, I hear what you're saying, Ashea. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of hope, but um, we have seen them do these sort of mental, or not really mental, but uh, verbal gymnastics trying to get around plot spoilers before with other things, including some things for this season. So you never know. Um, just fingers crossed, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yo, boy, what about you? Hopeful? Yay or nay? I would obviously love it. I think that it would have to be the best kept secret 
ever, wouldn't it? Because you've got people who are like climbing, you know, hiding in forests to take pictures of the set and stuff. So if Stoneheart did... drones are going in there. Yeah, it would be the best kept secret ever. But having said that, I mean, if there's going to be a Riverlands plot this season and it's going to revolve around some kind of revenge on Walder Frey, it just just doesn't really make sense without Lady Stoneheart to me. So Mm. I, I would say that... You know, I disagree that she's pointless. And like you said, they could have been kind of uh, trying to get around it. But I don't know. I put myself in the middle. I'm I'm not very hopeful, but I I think she's she will be important. So they they should include her. Let's say. Well, nothing to do but wait and see. I suppose we'll we'll probably know within the next six to eight weeks. Probably won't be at the end of the season if it happens. Probably mid season. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to this question by Emmett B, who says, Brand with Night's King, what are your thoughts on that scene? It's probably him having a vision and the Night's King sensing it. But I have an even more interesting theory, which is that Brand's training has progressed so far that he is warging a White Walker. Thoughts? Right? Uh, Who should I go to first? Uh, Let's go to Uzi's, I guess. Okay. Well, I think that it's... I think that on the surface, the idea of John or anyone, Bran or anyone rather, working into a White Walker, I find that a little bit unlikely. And here's why. Uh, it se- seems like from the Veramir spoiler, or spoiler chapter, rather the Veramir pr- prologue chapter, that the, the dumber the animal, or the less stubborn the animal, not necessarily intelligence, the more they are open to skin changing. In other words, the, he says that the wolves and dogs are the easiest because they're already close to men. And some of the other animals are harder. And this applies more to the concept of Bran perhaps warging into a dragon, skin changing into a dragon, which is something that people have predicted. If, if he can do that, then maybe. But I don't even, I even question that possibility. He can do Hodor, but only because Hodor is, you know, not, he's not all there. He doesn't have his full mental faculties. So I, I think a White Walker is too powerful, too magical, too ancient, too strong-minded for that sort of thing. But I do think we'll see Bran up his game, you know, so to speak, in terms of who he's able to slip into. What do you guys think? Any other any other thoughts there? I think it, it, it would be a quick end to the White Walkers if Bran could just wag them all. <laughs> <laughs> good That's a good point. They could make them fight each other. <laughs> hey, guys, look what I can do. <laughs> I can make um, White Walkers no, but a, a, fight. A good talking point from that scene is that uh, doesn't the White Walker kind of hold Bran's arm in one of the short clips that was released? Yes. Yeah. I think that's a a really good talking point. I mean, what's that supposed to insinuate? Are we supposed to wonder if uh, Bran could end up in league with these creatures? Or is is this the insinuation? Or are they going to be mortal enemies? What what do you guys think about that? That's a tough one. I think that... One thing for sure from that scene we can be almost 99% sure of there is that it's some sort of dream or vision because Bran, frankly, is standing. Uh, Mm. You know, that Mm -hmm. kind of gives that away. So, but yeah, being grabbed, though, that means he's not fully in control of what's happening. I don't think he's just, if he's... I think this this ties into our next question, which I'm going to go to and read out loud and we'll continue this conversation. Okay, perfect. This is by uh, Helene May. And she says, 
What are your thoughts about the White Walkers apparently being in the Werewood Cave in the making of video about prosthetics for Game of Thrones? Do you think that the image of the Night's King standing before a blazing fire from the trailer is a related scene? Alright, uh, I'm going to go to you, Lady Gwyn, if you have any thoughts on these White Walkers. Um, no, not really. No. I mean, it, it is, I think it's just super hard to tell and, you know, to make, draw conclusions from the making of video. Alright. Not sure. Not sure. Then... The difference between whether it's a dream sequence or real is really hard to tell. And that, you know, if those prosthetics were, if we're seeing, not the prosthetic, if we're seeing the White Walkers in a cave, well, is that a dream or is that real? It's just, right. all the brand sequences are kind of hard to figure that way because you can't tell if they're dream yeah. vision or actually what's happening. Right. If you don't get the brand, uh, external shot of brand, it's almost impossible to tell. Yeah. Um, but I think that we're going to see some sort of interaction, maybe physical interaction between, if not Bran and the White Walkers, maybe Mira, because Mira's got to do something. I don't think she's just going to chill in the tree with Bran, you know, she's got nothing to do. <laughs> maybe right. she leaves and heads back to the wall, tries to get back to civilization to tell people what's happening or to go mm -hmm. find her father or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see her sitting still for Right. The whole season. Uh, Howland Reeds has got a lot to answer for when he shows up, I think. <laughs> he does. Like, we've been waiting for you, man. What the heck? <laughs> we've got, have we got questions for you? Mm -hmm. All right, then I'm going to move on to another question related to the subject. Speaking of by, questions for us. Yeah, by <laughs> Wilkins75. Do you think that the three-eyed raven in the show will explain that he is Brendan Rivers, Blood Raven, and maybe some of his backstory? Maybe even see Dark Sister if he has it. Well, we would love that, certainly. We would love to see Dark Sister. That would be really cool. <laughs> not in the, it would be not in the books, but in the show. That would be, <laughs> that would be unusual. <laughs> Anyone, any thoughts at all? I, I would say that the chances of getting an extended Blood Draven backstory are, are very remote. But surely uh, the, the Three-Eyed Raven must explain to Bran how he got to the cave and, you know, ease his curiosity. Surely there's going to be some backstory to explain how the hell this guy is in the state he's in. So I would expect something, but is it going to re relate to the rich blood Raven backstory? I think not. Maybe just a smattering, maybe like a very summarized version of his backstory. Kind of like what we got with Maester Eamon, where we got his, you know, tragic, tragic background, but we only got like a taste of it. Whereas in the book, we got, you know, much more thorough explanation. Maybe something along those lines. That's kind of the pattern they, they seem to have. Yeah, I think I would be surprised if they make the connection of him to the Targaryen dynasty. You know? and certainly as a man of the Night's Watch. Yeah, yeah. he's got the black robes mm -hmm. in, in, on the trailer. We see that, so or the black garb of a brother. So that's that's got to come up. He's got to mention, you know, yeah, he used to be a, mm -hmm. in the Night's Watch, etc. I, I really don't think Dark Sister... I, I really don't think the show, you know, cares much or has got time to care about things that would, you know, be quite orgasmic for the <laughs> for the book fa fanboys like us. I agree. It's a thin so. hope. Very thin. Yeah. Thin steel, thin Valyrian steel blade hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, but staying in the north, um, we have this, qu this question. Uh, 
How do you imagine a grand northern conspiracy will play out on the show, given what we know so far? I'm not sure if casting is a fair game here, so forgive me if it's not. It is, just so you know, that's one of the things it is, whereas leaks or anything like that are not. Uh, uh, also, that the person whose question that is, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, because I don't want to massacre it. Uh, Kieran O'Hagan. Okay. I think, or Kieran, yeah, Kieran, he told me how to pronounce it, and I've yeah, already forgotten. That's why, that's why I was turning it over to Aziz. Anyway, the, as far as answering the question, rather than worrying about my bad pronunciations, it's a good question, and the thing about the Grand Northern Conspiracy is that it isn't just one theory. It, it is a set of theories that work together, none of which depend on each other necessarily. Some theories, if you, if you disprove one part of it, the whole thing comes tumbling down. Grand Northern Conspiracy isn't like that. But for a more thorough explanation, well, Lady Gwynn and, and Yoko, you guys have done a lot of work on the Grand Northern, Great Northern Conspiracy. Grand Northern or Great Northern? Which is it? <laughs> uh, you guys have an episode that you put out fairly recently on it, so mm -hmm. why don't you give us some of your thoughts on this? Well, it certainly seems like some of the elements of this um, conspiracy are coming into play, and that's based on casting news mainly. You know, we've got these... Um, Northern Lords cast, who I uh, think Small John Umbers confirmed, um, possibly a Karstark and maybe one other. Uh, so that definitely indicates that we're going to be seeing a real uptick in the Northern family's involvements. Um, a Northern revenge plot. I There's plenty to get revenge for. <laughs> yeah, I certainly see it, see it playing out that way. Maybe not exactly the way we think it's playing out in the books, but it, there might be a little more angle to it in the show since this, the different ordering of things. There might even be some, you know, masterless Southerners that used to be in Stannis's army. Surely not everyone died, and a few of them might want revenge too now because this is you know if they're going after the Boltons. Well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They may not, the Northerners may not love Stannis' people, but if they're going to help go after Bolton, then hey, that could work. Another question related to this is by Karen Chavez. Are the Umbers replacing the Manderleys? I hope we see the Manderleys. Yeah, I hope so too. As Lady Gwynn mentioned, there's at least one other Northern family that's been cast and that wasn't named. It could, could be the Manderleys. You know, I don't suppose they'll just make up a new northern family. That would be that'd be crappy. There, they've mentioned the Kerwins. That's the one that that Ramsay flayed because they didn't pay their taxes. Yeah, that's the one they could maybe use them. They've certainly got reason to be mad. <laughs> Although it sounds like most of them were killed off. So, <laughs> uh, did we? I think we saw. Did we see a Hornwood banner somewhere. Oh yeah, the Hornwoods. So that's right. it seems like they're going kind of deep. I mean, the Kerwins and the Hornwoods are. You really have to be kind of in, into some level of detail about the North. And this is a plot. This is, this, this is a little bit of a surprise too, because I think a lot of us, because we think our, our heads are geared in the books. Once we saw that the battle was going to happen, the battle of ice was going to happen without any sort of Northern plotting going on. We thought, Oh, I guess they just skipped past all that. <laughs> but now that, but it's just, they're doing it in a different order. And Hey, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it could work. Yeah. You know, well, well, I'll give them, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. See what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. All so. right. Let's, uh, Move on, I suppose, from conspiracies and on to this question from Nina Friel of Wars and Politics of Ice and Fire. What do you make of John fighting in what looks like Ned-style armor outside Winterfell? Uh, 
And, well... Well, first of all, we can't be sure that's John. That's the big caveat. And we aren't sure that it's outside Winterfell. But if it's outside Winterfell, ooh, that's interesting. If it's some other area in the north, well, it's still really interesting, especially if it's John. But if it's John, you know, not in his Night's Watch garb, well, that strongly implies that his watch has ended. He's not in the Night's Watch anymore. He's been freed from his vows somehow. A lot of the legal technicalities have been discussed over the years as to how John could get out of being in the Night's Watch. And, well, maybe the show is going to go that way. I think the strongest is that, you know, when they die, they say now his watch has ended. Like you say, it sounds like a technicality, but it might be technicality enough to get John out of his vows. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're just talking about the northern northern armies and the GNC, and part of the GNC is that John could be legitimized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that could be brought into the fold in taking on the Boltons or something similar like that. He would certainly have reason to be there. What would, you know, there's, there's certain things that would trigger it, perhaps something along the lines of him finding out that Sansa's around something like that, or just, there's a lot of things. I mean, you don't really need to look hard for reasons to want to go after Ramsey Bolton. No. And I would point to, uh, I think it was last season, Mel had these visions. Now, they've handled visions and prophecies really poorly on the show, I think. That's one of my gripes with it. But, you know, it's still worth paying attention to what Mel said. She pictured herself walking along the, the castle, the battlements at Winterfell, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, and uh, she also said there was Bolton banners burning. So if these, unlike a lot of her other visions, if these come into fruition this season, that's really interesting if John's there as well. That's true. And yeah, to so the burning Bolton banners, you can still see that. We know there's going to be a big battle. Uh, you can certainly, wouldn't be a big surprise to anyone to see them lose that battle. Wouldn't be a big surprise to see them win it either. But I think probably we're going to see them lose it. But that's that's just my guess. When they're walking the walls of Winterfell, I think that's really important. I think Melisandre is not wrong about all her visions. You know, she's, she's been wrong several times. And we see her admitted in the trailer. It's her first moment of doubt. We've really never seen her express doubt before. So Melisandre's going to get interesting too, I think. Yeah, and, and the relationship between John and Mel. I mean, if she's involved in the resurrection, which I think we'll probably be talking about later. But, I mean, what does that do for the relationship between those two? And are they going to, you know, team up to some extent now? Yeah, and with Davos in the mix, too. Yes, and there was kind of flirtation on the part of Mel last season. Is that going to go anywhere? Which is, will horrify John fans, I'm sure. But it's still <laughs> worth thinking about. This is a woman that found her way into Stannis's bed. It'll make them pine for regret. Like, no, no, we like the other redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on from, I guess, redheads to pink letters. Um, <laughs> Red to pink. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Hargan Jr. asks, do you think the pink letter will be addressed in the upcoming season? Uh, hmm. Should I go to Yoke Boy first? Whether he likes it or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this this uh, freeze frame, I don't know if all your watching us have noticed, but if you freeze frame, it does look like... Uh, Kit Harrington is on horseback in this big battle, as we just covered. Um, Either that or someone with the exact same hair. 
<laughs> the lovely hair, it's the, the curly hair. black hair, yes. The hair so that is the most wig. watched hair in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so that does kind of imply something of the sort. So I, I doubt it's going to be like for like with the pink letter, but, you know, some kind of catalyst to spur John on for sure. You know, I think that's a good possibility. All right, then. I think you covered that pretty thoroughly. I don't know that any of us have any extra thoughts. One thing I could add to that is that if it's not the pink letter, it could be something similar. Some sort of trigger, some sort of taunt, some sort of impetus for John to, to go south. It doesn't have to be a letter. It could be a piece of someone's body. It could be, you know, yeah, it could send him a piece of skin. You know, Ramsey's certainly uh, not averse to that sort of thing. A lot of ways that it could come out it doesn't have to be a letter but something that plays a similar role to the pink letter something that gets him to that i'm coming for you bastard <laughs> this bastard is coming for that bastard some news on sansa yeah that's true and and real quick we've some of you may know this already it's recently revealed the first episode title is the red woman so i think we know where episode one is going to start we may just immediately get Scene one may just be right back to John, right back to the wall, the, the, the after immediate aftermath, rather than, you know, maybe we'll see something over here first, and then over here first. Then we'll, we'll we'll get back to the wall eventually. We might just go right back there. First scene, first episode. I'm kind of I'm kind of predicting that. All right, I guess that's it for that. We'll move on to another question another repeat question who do you think is the burning man on the cross mm. and i'll tell you who i hope it's not which is rickon <laughs> yes. i don't think it is but that is what one of our bullet points says and i really hope it's not yeah it, 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 there were some photos of the set way back many months ago and they were really far away and it kind of looked like a wolf's head and a small body but hey it's really far away it's hard to tell that it's a small body and the wolf's head it, didn't really look like a wolf's head to me, but it looked like to some people. And I got to agree, I don't expect Rickon to be killed off like that off screen necessarily. Mm. It would stink. But Rickon's got to be accounted for somehow, uh, but I don't think it'll be in this way. Stannis is an interesting possibility. They find Stannis' body and, and string him up. I don't know if that would taunt the Northerners that much. But probably not. I don't know. That was my first thought when I saw that was, oh, my God, they're burning Stannis. They flayed and burned <laughs> Stannis. Like, uh, talk about adding insult to injury. So That would be quite, quite poetic, though, wouldn't it? That's what I thought it would be. A, yeah. You know, hey, yeah. Burning Stannis. Yeah. So. <laughs> you burned your daughter. Now you just, well, it's just your body. So he's not suffering. But mm -hmm. another possibility is some of these newly cast Northern Lords. Maybe one of these guys, you know, turn and tries to fight back against the Boltons and gets caught and this is what happens since the battle scenes also show wildlings fighting in this army they are displayed quite prominently it's potentially some wildling but I don't know who it could be because we see Tormund in the battle and we're really running out of like identifiable wildlings you know like oh I know who that one is no there's like Tormund and I don't honestly can't think of any other off the top of my head besides Gilly who's obviously not going to be around in that area no so it's probably not a wildling. It could be a new wildling that we get to know and then is killed at the end of the season. And, like they like to do. <laughs> Any other guesses on that? I'm, I think it's interesting that we can narrow, out of narrowing it down, there aren't a lot of options, but of course it could always be something mm -hmm. fairly new. I have no other guesses. 
No. <laughs> I guess you'd throw in throw in Brienne just for the hell of it. I don't think oh, yeah. it is her. Brienne but, um, and Podrick. I did mean oh, to say that. That's yeah. awful combination. Those two. Oh. Yes. No. Please, I don't want please to no. Please no. I'd rather it's Rickon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone out there, now consider on your own which would you rather rather see Brienne's flayed and burned or Rickon flayed and burned <laughs> talk about the, no, the it has tough to be choice Brienne and Podrick together. okay Brienne and Podrick or Rickon and Shaggy Dog yeah Rickon oh god Ooh. awful that's uh, awful okay let's move on to the choice no one wants to make another death question alright uh, death question from Wilkin 75 assuming that John comes back and that R plus L equals J is true how will John and others in the show learn about it we know Bran will learn by seeing it and so will the viewers but what about John himself, Sansa, Littlefinger, and everyone else? Yeah, well... Uh, I thought I remember, Yoke, while you having some good thoughts on this. Yeah, well, the viewer can learn about RLJ via Bran and things like the Tower of Joy. But if you think about it, it can't just be a theory that's there for viewers. It's got to come into the story and live its own life, you know, in story and have some kind of impact. So... You can't just rely on Bran to deliver it, because, like I said, that that's really for the benefit of the viewers. So again, like like in the books, we're looking around at characters that might have been there, you know, at the Tower of Joy, or that would know somehow. So again, you, you're you're looking at people like Howland Reed. Could you know, just for the show purposes only, could they have Mira? you know suddenly reveal that she has got some knowledge or father gave her i think that's possible and i think it's possible that brand finds out tells mira and mira heads out and is able to transmit that information or along to, to build on what you said it could be that brand sees something in a vision and mira that re reminds her she says oh actually my father told me a story that you know ties into that yes all right, maybe they work in the um, um, the Night of the Laughing Tree story mm. somehow. That'd with be that. great. Yeah. And the, the only problem with that is who's going to believe Mira? True. <laughs> She's going to believe that her story. Yeah. <laughs> if she has, if she has dark sister, maybe. That maybe if she found <laughs> her and Mel found dark sister. We're really <laughs> reaching there, but um, <laughs> we we're holding out hope for the sword being in there. <laughs> <laughs> This is why someone like Howland Reed is very appealing, because it's someone that will actually be believed. Whereas if it's rooted in old stories or, you know, secondhand stories or visions, it, it's not going to, you know, really pack a punch in stories. It needs to come from someone that was a witness or close yeah. to it. Unless it's a combination of, you know, a, a vision or a, a dream that John has while he's you know, somehow some connection with Bran while he's sleeping or warging or whatever. And then this external corroboration by like a Mira or somebody. I just don't see how they're going to get Howlin' Reed to the wall out of nowhere. Yeah. It, it seems... Maybe that's... It could also be, yeah, Mira goes to... That's her impetus for leaving to go talk her father about it. Not just not just to go carry yeah. news, but to go corroborate it with her father. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to find a reason, something for Mira to do. <laughs> And not for her to die. Yeah, we don't want her to, you know, end up like Jojen paste. You know, uh -huh. well, they killed Jojen already, so Bran's gonna eat her <laughs> in the show. Oh, no. no, please, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, let's see. I'm going to move on to another John Resurrection question All right. from Michelle Carey. Do you think the show and books will resurrect John in a different way or that his character will undergo different changes in the two media? we got a few questions like this that I'm going to answer. I'm not going to read them all out loud, though. Yeah, we have also similar questions from Matt Rees and Catherine Cronin. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about these as a group. Basically, I think they'll do it a little differently. It could be a lot different, but... I think whatever happens will just, it'll be like a lot of things. We get maybe a little less detail on it. We're not going to see inside John's head like we might see inside the books. What do you guys think? I think, you know, the, the way it affects John is really interesting because I'll read a passage from the books. This is about second life, okay, from Varamir. When the man's flesh dies, his spirit lives on inside the beast. But every day his memory fades and the beast becomes a little less a warg and a little more a wolf until nothing of the man is left and only the beast remains. So what it's saying is if John is inside Ghost in Second Life for quite a long time, his brain is going to start to mix with, with his direwolves. And so if he's resurrected, he, he'll be kind of more feral and more, more like Ghost, like take on an aspect of Ghost personality, maybe a bit more aggressive, something like that. That's, that seems to be what I think in, in the books, the path that it's going. Whether they'll actually show John change in the show is another question. They might just have the same old John. I don't, I don't know if, you know... They're going to have Kit acting differently or change John's character. What do you guys think? I tend to agree. I don't think they're going to change him a lot. I don't think he's going to just like have corpse paint on or something and be like a zombie John. <laughs> but uh, along with what you're saying, though, if he comes back a little like feral, a little more wolf-like, it's, it's set up nicely the way that the ordering of the show has done things because if he's going to get taunted by Ramsey or something that entices him to go pick, you know, pick a fight, well, if he's a little more aggressive and feral, well, that kind of fits with that. You know, that would that, that would line up not kind of nicely in a way that it actually doesn't line up in the books. I mean, not that Ramsey's taunting isn't sufficient in the books too, but it comes before he's killed, so uh, it, it, it sets it up a little differently. That's kind of interesting. And the other possibility that I think a lot of us are worried about is whether or not Ghost is going to be killed throughout this, whether that's going to be part of the resurrection, whether it's, you know, necessary for him to die, to come back, uh, only death may pay for life. Yeah, I mean, we, we ran a poll last week, and uh, almost half of our listeners are very concerned for ghosts, <laughs> or half of our respondents. <laughs> um, so, um, I would put myself in that category of pretty concerned. Yeah, I mean, if he, if John's inside Ghost, I mean, there's got to be some separation to get him back to his body. So that that's the key thing, isn't it? The separation. Is that procedure something that requires the death of Ghost? Or can they just be, you know, their spirits be pulled apart and um, yeah. kind of put back in John's body? Yeah. But like you said, only death may pay for life. That, that wasn't really the case with Thoros or anyone, so... No, it's true. Barrack didn't. No one else died for Barrack to come back. Yeah, 
So, and Barrick just passed it on to Catlin himself. He, you know, Thoros raises him six times, and then the seventh time he just, hey, I don't want this. I'm going to give it to He just, just did that. You know, I don't know how that works. But. So would it be accurate to sum up our opinions by saying we're deathly afraid for ghosts? <laughs> oh, God, it would be. <laughs> but uh, is that all our thoughts on there? I'd say so, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to move on then to a nice Rick on question, a little a little happier subject <laughs> from Anthony Hargan Jr. Do you think we'll see Rick on and will he have a role to play in the upcoming season? Uh, well, first of all, Art Parkinson and Natalia Tena were spotted in Belfast at a restaurant um, during the filming season. Snacking on Mira. <laughs> 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 Uh, what a restaurant that was. <laughs> and also, Natalia Tenna said she was uh, rereading Game of Thrones, which is always nice to hear that a cast member reads the books. Yes. Rereading, uh, even better. <laughs> yeah. So, it's pretty likely. We already thought it was likely, but considering that, it seems like we'll definitely see them. Yeah, I mean, this isn't Gendry we're talking about. You can't just <laughs> throw away a Stark and, and forget about them. Well, <laughs> Benjen. <laughs> but... Rickon, yeah, he's, I think, mm-hmm. I would really bet heavily on Rickon coming back, even without the, those details, which almost sealed the deal, I think. Mm-hmm. As for what he'll do this season, mm, that is harder. Hopefully not, as we talked about earlier, burdened at the stake by mm-hmm. Ramsey. Well, let me get back to the, the Grand Northern Conspiracy thing we were talking about. We... Do you recall that Rika and, and Osha said they were going to go to Last Hearth to the Umbers? Yeah. Uh, so if Small John Umber has been cast, there's I'd say there's a pretty good chance that's a, you know. Yeah, Rickon is not on Skagos in the show. He's with presumably with the Umbers, and the Umbers are being cast. Can you imagine the Umbers showing up and not Rickon? That just doesn't that just doesn't sound right. Question for you guys. Would would Rickon and his contingent be against John and his his little crowd, or is, are they, you you think they'll have a team up? I had not considered the possibility that they would be against each other. It depends on what John's point of view is right now. I think if he's if he's got the person the same exact personality as the John we know, then he'll definitely be on Rickon's side. I think I I think he would definitely definitely, but. There's always a chance he'll be somewhat changed, or Melisandre will have some sort of, you know, enchantment on him. I don't know. It's interesting, too, because the Umbers are traditionally hate the Wildlings as much as anything, because they're right there at the border. They get the the Wildling raids that come from beyond the wall. The Umbers are the hit, are hit hardest by that. Good point. So that's a problem. That's a very big problem. Now, they also hate the Boltons. So I, I think that if it's a choice between fighting for the Wildlings against the Boltons or with the Boltons against the Wildlings, I think they would face, I think they would rather fight against the Boltons, but they might just rather not join either and kind of do their own thing. And it might be... So, that yeah, this could be a three-way kind of... Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, you know, we, we talked about in our... Um, when we talked about the GNC on, in our episode, the possibility that, you know, you get different Starks um, as uh, different candidates, you know, di- rival candidates, right, with different lords. So, um, you know, could Rickon be supported by some and John be supported by others? 
Then there's always the signs of You anger. never think of the Starks as, as a family that would be in that kind of conflict situation, you know, a succession struggle with each other, but it would be interesting to see it. Well, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that they themselves would put themselves in that position. I, I think it's possible that other people try to use them, and so they're unintentionally kind of placed in these very difficult, you know, so now... Yeah, John thinks Rickon's dead, you know? and Rickon... Exactly, so he would never... I don't know if Rickon's aware of John, right? And he probably is, would have heard that Rick John was stabbed. I mean, that news probably... You would expect that news to get to, to Last Hearth. It may not get all over the Seven Kingdoms, but Last Hearth is not far from the Wall. Yeah, it would make it around the north, right? So they could all be mutually thinking each other dead and and be supported by different lords and meet in this kind of like, <laughs> oh my word. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that's so. pretty well covered. We're going to move on now to a question by Catherine Cronin. The show seems to have foreshadowed the importance of books and te- and texts in Samwell's arc. Will any significant lost knowledge be unearthed by Sam in season six? And if so, what do you think it might be? Great question. Really like that one. Mm. Well, I'll start. Um, I'll say that I think that Sam's the knowledge Sam is going to look for. I think yes. I think he's going to find some some things in Old Town. I don't think his entire purpose in going to Old Town is just to maybe witness. A faceless man, which I'm not really that... Sh- think, I don't think that's that likely to happen in the show, but if it does, well, that would be something. But I think the more likely thing he's going to witness is Euron's invasion, which I think is a lot more likely to happen in the show, especially as we know he's been cast and all that. And so it just... Is that really... Would that really be the whole reason he goes to Old Town, just to watch Euron arrive? I mean, they don't... This isn't the book. We don't need a POV there to see that. They can show us whatever they want through whoever's eyes they want. So I think, yes, I think that they'll, the narrowing it down, the only other thing he could be doing there is learning knowledge. What, what do you guys think, as to, as the second part of the question, what kind of knowledge might he find? Well, we think, uh, I think we talked about this, that he's going to gain some important um, sort of mystical knowledge, you know, Sam, that Sam the wizard um, <laughs> quote from the books um that you know in the books he may learn to use glass candles or you know who knows so definitely i agree with you that he's he's got a bigger purpose going to old town that could come he could learn something yeah. something to do with the white walkers maybe yeah it would have to be, it would have to be something of that magnitude like some serious knowledge that's going to help you know the greater story and especially the night's watch because he is after all a man of the night's watch so I would say something to do with uh, the White Walkers for sure. But you would expect it to be very late in the season. Maybe mm. setting yeah. up, you know, something that's going to happen next season because what we know is he's going to Horn Hill first. Yeah. So he's going to have that sort of part of the arc with his family. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to Horn Hill, go to Old Town, see Euron's invasion, and get back to the Wall with lost knowledge all in season six. I mean, heck... Unless he borrows Littlefinger's teleporter, then hey, anything's possible. But I don't. I, I kind of agree with you there. I think that he's going to find the lost knowledge, but either it's not going to be used until next season, or he's going to find it right at the end of the season, or something like that. It might even be the last thing that he does this season. That's what I was just thinking. I could just see that being kind of like Sam's ending, like a, a mm-hmm. big aha light bulb kind of moment. I got to go back to the wall! <laughs> to the wall! <laughs> on that subject, then, um, do you think we'll see a, 
attack on Old Town this season? And do you think that they would line it up so Sam finds this information? Oh no, Old Town's being attacked. Oh, that's a great idea. Right yeah. at the same time, he's like he learns of it, and then. But uh, I see. I thought we were going to see it this season, but and I, I still generally think so. But I'm a little more doubtful because we have such a big battle clearly going on in the north, and I think maybe they'd keep it for next season. That's a good point. But I don't know. Well, it's a really good point, although on the other hand, to balance that out, we should point out that the show's budget has really grown. They got about five to six million per episode when the show started, and now it's about ten million per. So that's almost double the amount per episode. So I could see them affording two battles. You know, maybe not two Blackwater-sized mm -hmm. battles, but you can tell their budget's been up. I mean, for one thing, all these tra the trailers have shown us one thing that we haven't seen a lot of in, in the battles. We, we saw them, but not as much. Horses. We saw some horses... The more the show has gone on, the more horses they've had. We've seen a lot of early season stuff where there were no horses, where there really should have been horses. You're like, where are the horses? <laughs> and in the last season, there were certainly horses in, in Bolton's army. And the season before, there were horses in Stannis' army. But they were just, you could see them in formation riding. You didn't see them, like, in the thick of it. You didn't see horses, like, actually mm -hmm. falling. And, and yeah. like, so they're now, it's, I think, the, it's a little something to look forward to. I think the uh, they've upped their game. They've got more money. And it looks like they might be spending it pretty well. All right, so I'm going to ask my question to uh, Lady Gwyn and Yoke Boy. I'll go with Yoke Boy mm -hmm. first. Do you think we'll see a battle in Old Town this season? I'm 50-50. I, I really can't decide. It would <laughs> it would be towards the end of the season, if so. And like you said, there's likely to be a huge battle. That, that could be one that takes up the whole episode like Hard Home did. So um, it, it's a difficult call. Uh, I'll sit on the fence and say, I, I've got no idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lady Gwen? I could see it maybe, you know, depending on where this other battle in the North is positioned in the season. Perhaps mm -hmm. towards the end of the season. Yeah, maybe we just see the ships coming. You know? Right, like maybe just the threat of it. It's about to happen. And then Sam has to run away with his important knowledge and... I don't know. <laughs> and he would have to. That would be. That would actually be interesting if he now all of a sudden finds he's like, I got to get out of here. I got to go to the wall on ship. Oh wait, yes. I can't take ship. Right. I, I might have to go by land. He's really going to need Littlefinger's teleporter then. <laughs> Maybe that's the lost knowledge he finds. How to operate the teleporter. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on then to our number one upvoted question. All right. From Corky ninety four. How do you think Lord Commander Jamie will react to the new Kingsguard? You know, the big quiet one who was recently added to Tom and Seven, since he may or may not have even ever have to deal with that in the books. I, I don't know who he's talking about. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, no. I choose violence. That's my favorite line of the trailer. And whew. Hmm. I'll let someone else start with this one. Big surprise that Cersei is reckless. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go. I'll say that um, we did discuss this between ourselves and we were talking about how, you know, with my Marcella's death and breaking the news to Cersei, that he might have other things on his mind. It might sound strange, you know, ignoring the, the uh, seven-foot <laughs> elephant in the room. But... <laughs> It would be a good, you know, good way to kind of get round Jamie thinking about uh, Robert Strong to, for him to be, you know, too embroiled in the issues that he has to face coming back from Dawn. Yeah, I mean, even if he does ask Cersei about him, 
you, I don't think I, she's going to answer because she's going to have this Marcella, you know. And she's going to blame she, him. She, yeah, she's going to be blaming <laughs> Jamie. It's not like they're going to be on good terms for sharing confidences. She's, yeah. you know, the, their oh. relationship is not going to be on good footing. So. <laughs> That's true. And if you think about how it's handled in the books, everybody just kind of just like looks sideways at him. Like no one talks about it. They're all like, what do we, because in, in the, epilogue of dance kevin thinks about he's like i'm pretty sure i know who that is pretty sure mace tyrell knows too pretty sure you know randall tarley knows who that is too but no one's talking about it because let's be honest what good would talking about it do like that guy's undead what do you what who okay what do we do now (laughs) we can't expect any of these guys to admit that they believe that a corpse could be reanimated yeah they're all like wait this can't be it just doesn't (laughs) <laughs> it just doesn't compute it's even in, even in a fantasy their world view. No, yeah. yeah right it does not fit so. some of these are the same people in the books that would have laughed along with Tyrion when he made fun of Sir Alistair's you know white right. that he brought down you know mm-hmm. laughed at him for that very <laughs> firmly non-magical thinkers yeah so I, but, I doubt yeah but you have this blue face dude that doesn't talk or eat or go to the bathroom and, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah so who will Fight for the faith in Cersei's trial by combat. This is the next question by Thunderclap. Thunderclap. Mm. Well. Mm. Well, uh. Popular choice seems to be Lancel, but I I repeat the line, I choose violence. In the trailer, it looks like there's going to be a confrontation in that scene, and Lancel is heading it. So, is he going to even survive that encounter to be around? And if he does, is he really going to be like... That went well. I'll fight that guy myself. <laughs> Again. He killed all my friends, but I can handle him on my own. Yeah. I... I, that's possible. I, I just, I think the uh, the trailer could be misleading um, and, and lead us to Lancel being the one, which I think is likely in the books. It, it, he's one of two possibilities in the books. Um, but there's always the, the Loras possibility. Um that we talked about where, you know, uh, maybe it could be a way for the faith to offer Loris kind of a, a pass out, um, which would be a, you know, a win-win for the faith. They either get rid of Loris or they get rid of Cersei. So what? <laughs> yeah. They say, Hey, Loris, you can, you know, where you're going to be executed unless You've you, you know, join fight this guy. The, the warrior, <laughs> right? the, the brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, when we were getting this ready, we were kind of going over some of these questions. We prepared, we looked at some of these in advance to kind of think about them. Some of these that have been asked live, we haven't. But in this case, one thing we thought about was the Marjorie is a scene bowing before the High Septon. And that's got some of us thinking that maybe Marjorie, you know, to get forgiveness, she, you know, takes some sort of vow, some sort of gets into the faith some something to prove to the high septon that she's uh, you know faithful now not only would that have an effect on tommen because tommen's smitten with marjorie so if marjorie becomes faithful then tommen might too that's a whole other story though also connected to marjorie of course is loris so if if they offer that same deal to loris then you know he could be they do it together it would be the tyrells with the faith the faith would obviously love to have a powerful ally like that loris it would and it would bring back the ability it would get a, a showdown, a re-showdown, Gregor versus Loras, which we goes back to season one and the jousting incident. I wonder if 
zombie Gregor remembers that. He's like, oh, that's that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to get him for a while. (laughs) It's a good question about zombie memory. But the other thing there is who else could it be, right? You said, Lady Gwen, you pointed out that the other character that it could be, I don't think you said him by name, Theodan the True. I think I accidentally called him Talib the Tall in another episode recently, but I meant Theodan the True. But there's obviously no Theodan the True in 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 the show, so... Loras may seem far-fetched, but we bring him up just because of Lancel and who else? Like, who else mm. could it be? Yeah, they're really the only two, I mean, but named, unless it's somebody who's completely unnamed or unknown yet, which seems pretty unlikely. Yeah, and if that would, they would there's probably not a lot of tension in that fight anyway, because you just don't expect Robert Strong. I don't think they've actually given him that name in the show. But we'll call him that because everybody knows who that means. I don't think he's going to just go out quickly. It would be pretty weak for him to his first fight and he just loses. I'm like, what? That's kind of disappointing. <laughs> so whoever it is is probably going to get slaughtered. So it, that's one reason why it might just be some random because we all know it's going to be the whoever it is is toast anyway. But if it's actually Loras versus Gregor, like, I, don't, I have no idea what would happen there. Loras would probably lose. But What if I just had a terrible thought because we um talked about what what would be tristane's role in <laughs> king's landing oh tristane versus sir robert strong <laughs> that would be so terrible which would because it would uh it would mirror the oberon gregor fight um that's total crackpot off the top of my head but. it reminds me of it actually calls to mind the line that braun had in in episode five or six, when they go to, to steal away Marcella and Tristane goes to reach for his sword and Bronze says, don't do anything stupid, boy. <laughs> this would be far stupider. Right. <laughs> if he's like, oh, I want to prove myself to you, Cersei, that I really had nothing to do with your daughter's death. I'll fight for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oops. that'd be awful. Well, yeah. let's hope not. That, a good way for Dornish... Lannister relations to get even worse. Like, how many of our princes are going to die in trials by combat up there? By the same guy. <laughs> to, to that guy who was already dead. Like, what the heck? <laughs> All right, let's move on to another King's Landing uh, question from Ingrid. What influence will Kevin Lannister have on the future of King's Landing as he's still alive on the show and might survive for quite a while? As Varys is bit busy in Essos, could he keep things together and slow down Cersei's destruction? Uh, well, the trailer seems to show a little something-something right there. It does show a little something-something. We did some freeze-framing, so our trailer analysis is perhaps a bit more thorough, and some of you might not have caught this, but there is a, like a split-second moment of an upshot. You can see the ceiling and some very short people with daggers. Look like children. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that Kevin's getting it this season, maybe towards the end of the season. But this is still a great question because the Varus part, right? How how could that be Varus? One, it kind of has to be Varus because it's little birds. It looks like these little kids. But on the other hand, how could it be Varus? He's in. Does he also have access to the teleporter? Yeah, <laughs> Littlefinger could get from Winterfell to King's Landing. Varys can he send? Coming. Yeah, can he send these orders from afar? Yeah. I mean, we know the little birds can read because they steal secrets by reading right. them. But they do read. I don't know. This is odd. Maybe he like halfway through the season, he's like, "Hey, Tyrion, 
I'm out. I got to go back to King's Landing to off Kevin. You know? <laughs> I got to go do something. I'll be, back in, I'll be back in a couple episodes. <laughs> Last season, we predicted the possibility of Kevin's death at, and we thought since Varus was in Meereen that maybe it would be Littlefinger that kills him. But Littlefinger doesn't use the little birds. Now, if it was little prostitutes, I would not <laughs> 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 <I'd> buy that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Very sure. There you go. You heard it here first. Little <laughs> little bird prostitutes are going to off Kevin. Uh, that's funny. Uh, well, I guess that covers that question, but we'll move on to our next one, which is related to this, the chaos in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is from Fans Mar. If the king dies... Who will take over? And this is a great question because in the books, there's a little there's a little more option. Yeah, it could go there. to Marcella. It could go to Marcella, but Marcella's dead. So really, when you run down the list, who could it go to? It couldn't go to Stannis and either. You know, Stannis could... and Shireen are gone, it, and Gendry yeah. hasn't been seen and isn't even known to be a bastard. But one question was floated around um, in an interview with Julian Glover, Picel, where he said that there was a running joke on set for a few weeks where they said Picel would be king. <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Uh, my theory is Picel kills Kevin there with little birds and then becomes king. The king grandmaster. Picel knows a few things about little birds. He works with the ravens. I think, oh. I think Gendry is going to row into King's Landing with a crown on his head. With huge arms from all that rowing. And they'll be like, that's definitely that's Robert's son. <laughs> but to, to answer the question more seriously, there is no one. There is no direct, there's no next in line in, uh, that's obvious. And whenever in a situation like this, whenever there's a dynamic question of who would be next, if it's ever hard to, if there's never a clear answer, the answer is war. That's, it's whoever, it's the strongest. Whoever will, whoever sits the throne next will be whoever takes it. It won't be, oh, it's yours now. And everyone just says, yeah, it's theirs now. There, because there is no easy answer. So it means there'll be a lot of people saying it should be me. Or there'll be people saying it should be this person. There'll be multiple claimants. I have no idea how the show would handle that. And I do think Tommen's going to die, but it might not be till next season. It might not be until, say, Daenerys is closer in a position to maybe take it herself or someone else's. Maybe if like John comes all the way south somehow. But really, it's a great question because there's not a great answer. And it really makes you think. Um, mm-hmm. Although I don't think there, it makes you think of, of conclusions. Because <laughs> uh, Our um, next question is somewhat related to this, though. So we'll continue on to another question from Corky94. Forget a Dornish master plan. Do you see any move Doran can make now that the show literally wrote in an assassination of Marcella? I don't see what he can do now, aside from call Spears and secure borders. Yeah, he can just try to support one of the candidates, which there's not a whole lot of candidates out there now, either. This might be the the segue to him being on Team Danny. You know, he's he's not going to want to... The Lannisters aren't going to want to have anything to do with them. He's going to have internal problems because he's going to want to... This, this could lead to what happened, a, a, a semi-parallel to what happened in the books with him imprisoning the Sand Snakes. And in the books, he did it pre, you know, preemptively. Here, he's got... You know, I mean, Ilaria spoke out of turn to Dorne, and he was like, if you talk to me like that again, you're dead meat. Well, okay, so he 
they killed Marcella. So that's a little worse than talking back, I'd say. Yeah. No, we pointed out last season that um, not only did they kill Marcella, but they placed Tristane in an absolutely impossible situation. So Doran is obviously not going to be pleased with them because his son is in danger and where that's going to go is... Yeah. Anyone's yeah. guess right there. Yeah, anybody's seems... guess. I mean, he, is he going to take the kind of Quentin role and end up being... It seems like the early part of the season is going to be a lot of people reacting to important characters dying at the end of last season. Stannis, yeah. Marcella... John, Who's the, John, obviously, yeah. So <laughs> there's all these big situations there. It's going to be, it's all going to be around that. That's the early episodes. There's going to be a lot of, everything's going to revolve around that and the fallout from those things. And then new stuff, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to the next question, which is also uh, related to this very subject yeah. uh, from Unifriel again. Uh how, if at all, will Aegon's likely The Winds of Winter, A dan uh, Dream of Spring storyline be adapted for the show? No actual Aegon, of course, but his Stormlands campaign possibly dragging back duel with Daenerys? And, uh, well, this ties into what we were saying before about maybe Tristane, maybe Gendry taking up some of this role. Yeah. Uh, we had some other thoughts. I'm not sure who wants to talk about this subject. Well, as far as... Another possibility, because he's actually been introduced, is Euron. I don't know about Euron in the Stormlands, but Euron getting a dragon, you know, that's already possible in the books, if not semi-likely. So it could be that is what we see, maybe Euron versus Danny in the Stormlands or somewhere. Maybe it doesn't have to be the Stormlands, but they could parallel what's happening in the books in the Stormlands in, in a way. But... I don't know. It's hard to tell because there's you have to these ha this kind of thing has to be between large factions. It can't just be some random dude stealing a dragon. And these other factions that aren't in the books or that aren't in the show, you just well you can't guess them. Like like she says, it can't obviously there's no there's no egg on the sixth around. But yeah. someone else is the dragons are going to be in play somehow. So we're going to go move on to the next question, which is also related, uh, right and suggests someone, which is from Michelle Carey. Do you think we'll see a Westerosi prince kill trying to steal a dragon? My vote would be on a Greyjoy if it happens. Tyrion might have the opportunity, but has too much plot armor. I think we agree that he has plot armor. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, maybe Tristane could get killed like his brother <laughs> in the books trying to ride not, a dragon, just, but it would be in Westeros instead of in Marine. I don't care. I don't care about Tristane, but I don't want Doran to go no air. Yeah, that just, be... like drives me crazy. The very <laughs> thought of that of him doing that, and the same with the Tyrells right here with Loras. I just one son only. For yeah, them. these families needed to have more children yeah. <laughs> in, in the show. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do think. Yeah, again, Euron stealing a dragon, I think, is not unlikely. But maybe more to the point, without having it happen in the same way of the books, the dragons could get free without someone dying. There's a lot of there's a lot to suggest that Tyrion will be the one to do that. Simply, again, with the show, a lot of times we can use this huge process of elimination. Who else is going to let the dragons free in Marine? I mean, Varys, I guess. <laughs> Sandy, Grey Worm, like uh, why? Why would they do that? Why would, why would, they're too loyal to Daenerys for that. They wouldn't. I don't think they would do that. But Tyrion, he knows some things. He thinks he knows about dragons. He might feel the need. He might. So I think he might be the one to let them go. I don't think they're going to kill him. So we could just skip the whole someone dies in the process of letting them out. But I think they get loose, 
Um, there is that that uh, one brief clip in the uh, trailer of Tyrion with his little um, torch looking into, you know, you just get this him looking at something. And my thought was, oh, there, here, there go the dragons. <laughs> I don't think he's ste- stealing food from the larder. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other. Tyrion, you could go either way. Right. <laughs> That's the problem they've had in Marine now. The, the Sons of the Harpy have just, you know, stolen all the food. So Tyrion and Varys are hungry. And... <laughs> <laughs> they need a midnight snack. So they go down to the bowels of the pyramid and look for... Yeah, the trailer didn't show us any shots of those other dragons. But there were several shots of... of I, always, I always want to say Valerian, but Drogon. Drogon. Yeah. Several shots of Drogon. Some shots of some action-y things in Marine. Uh, yeah, there's like an ex- like an explosion, like a window blowing through that almost really looks it looks like the Marine throne room there, and maybe that's like a, a dragon related or something. But it did there wasn't any fire, so I don't I'm not I'm not, hmm. I'm not sure what to make of that. But one of the only things that came to mind was dragon dropping something. More more dragon questions here uh, from Thunderclap. Will we see Rhaegal or Viserion being ridden this season? If yes, by who? And then the next question here, which I'm also going to answer right now, is from Person123. Do you think that Tyrion will eventually be connected to Viserion and maybe ride him? The Golden Dragon. Is he the third head, possibly a Targaryen? Would the show do that? Maybe Jon will ride Rhaegal. Rhaegal, named after his father. And, of course, Danny on Drogon. You know, we're all familiar with these sort of theories. Uh, so, do we think we're actually going to see that? Well, I think it would come down to kind of what you you said about the budget earlier. I mean, how hard would it be for them to show other people riding dragons if they're already going to be doing big battles and Danny with, you know, Drogon and um, introducing that again twice. Mm. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, they can only do so many things. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think that if it would happen, I don't think it would be this season at all. Um, I think it would be, I guess, next season or the season after. I don't think we're going to see anyone else riding Dragon besides Daenerys on Drogon, potentially. This could be a good way to end the season. Tyrion, like, I'm going to go get on that dragon. (laughs) End of season, you know, Mm -hmm. or at least his last scene. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot. That's one of those opportunities maybe for a cliffhanger (laughs) or a... Wing hanger, scale scale hanger. I don't know. Now, as far as the possibility that Tyrion is a Targaryen, uh, I think it's a legitimate possibility in the books. I really, really don't see it happening in the show. Uh, I just think that would be so random. There's been no setup for this at all in the show. Some people don't think there's much setup for it in the books at all. I think there's some, not necessarily enough to be confident, but enough to consider it. A possibility, but in the show, I really yeah, don't think so. Too much, really too uh, much uh, backstory would need to be conveyed, and they're yeah. already struggling with RLJ, kind of trying to get up to speed with that. So, yeah. And unlike the books, they haven't made any sort of you need blood of the dragon to ride a dragon. There's none of that talk in the show at all. They're not bound to that. So, the the books, you kind of have to. We kind of get the sense that not just anyone can ride a dragon. You may need to have certain. Genetics, who knows exactly, There's, but it's not straightforward. But the show hasn't touched on any of that, so they're not bound to any of that. So they can do what they want. They can just have it be, hey, I tamed this dragon. Tyrion knows what he's doing, and that's it. They can. That would be fine. That would be acceptable as far as what the show has set up and how they've done it. And I think that's the most likely. All right. I guess that's sufficiently covered. 
Think so? Everyone agrees? Okay. Uh, All right, folks, thanks for uh, sticking with us. We're a little past the halfway point here. Keep the questions coming. Hopefully you guys are getting the questions answered that you want, but there's plenty more time if you haven't. Mm -hmm. And we're going to switch gears from, from uh, Dragons, move on to Sansa. Wolves. <laughs> yeah, uh, from Karen Chavez. Sansa, pregnant or not? Uh <laughs> That's my thought. Uh. No. <laughs> that, that's all I've got to say. No. <laughs> it's one of those things that's kind of too gross to consider. But I also say no. I think we all are going on the record with no here. I have I, one thing occurred to me uh, that I think is pretty remote, but it's worth throwing out there in case you're one of the people that thinks this is possible. I'll give you some reason for optimism if you were hoping for this. I don't know why you'd be hoping for this, but if you just want to be right because you think it's think it's your guess and you would you know you want to be accurate on this, want to have called it. Well, I'll give you one piece of evidence that might help you. Way back in 1993, when George R. R. Martin was first coming up with the idea for Game of Thrones, the original script or outline rather called for Sansa to have Joffrey's baby. And to have that be a really tough choice for her, like, which side am I on? Because in the original manuscript, it was far more Stark versus Lannister. That was even more of an emphasis. So it was a big, it was going to be a big defining moment for her to choose her family or her new family. And I don't see that happening on the show. But if it does, well, it was something that George had in mind a long time ago in a different sense. Because we've all, we talked about it when it happened. That once Joffrey died, immediately Ramsay took over center stage as the kind of, psychopath that you're supposed to hate that that guy and so they're similar in that regard the characters so yeah i still think it's a long shot a very long shot mm. but there you go there's your there's your hope to cling to if you think it's true hmm. <laughs> all righty then that one's answered we'll move on to this question from david gobert will the character of septon maribald be written out and his dialogue be given over to the High Sparrow, since D&D seemed to like the tactic of having one character represent a multitude of smaller ones. Well, uh, seems that they will do a little bit of that combining, but they'll be combining the Elder Brother and Septon Maribald, played by Ian McShane. Yeah, Ian McShane from Deadwood. Of course, Ian McShane uh, kind of stumbled out of the gate there as a member of the cast by putting out a spoiler on TV, <laughs> which... You know, since you guys are all book readers, it's not really a spoiler to us. He basically said he'd be bringing somebody back. So that gave away who it was. We all know who that is. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't really a spoiler to us, but I felt bad for the show. People are like, what? Yeah, because people were going to talk about it. People, you know, they probably figured it out. Some people did. So I really hope we get, we couldn't possibly get both Elder Brothers men floating down river, dead men floating down river. They're all the same no matter what. You know, insignia they have versus Septon Maribald's broken men speech, which is one of the best pieces of writing in the entire series. I think we'll get some sort of combination of those two. Like, like he said, like, like David says, I think we'll get something along those lines. But it'll be McShane's character and not the High Septon that's or High Sparrow. Yeah, same thing. That, uh, so I think that's. I think for for once we have a very straightforward answer here. <laughs> There's not a lot of guesswork involved here. I think we actually know the answer. <laughs> All right, uh, then now let's move on to here's uh, like one that. of here's one of our top questions right now. Okay. From Sam Karpman. Uh, this is the first time he's catching us live. Well, Thanks, Sam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think of the possibility of the phrase this season and Nymeria's wolf pack crushing them? Mm. Uh, well, we it, we will be seeing the phrase. That's been confirmed, and we sure would like to see them crush. Yeah, I, I would yeah. love to see Nymeria Obviously, we haven't, we haven't seen any Nymeria spotted on set. Let's <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> CGI. Um, that CGI wolf was spotted on set again. <laughs> it was really odd, actually. Um, yeah, we, there's a, th- go ahead, your point. I think uh, Nymeria has gone the way of Quaif and Azura High in this series. <laughs> they, they've just vanished into into thin air. So I doubt it very much. Yeah, I think we're going to see the Riverlands. Like, well, we're definitely going to see the Riverlands. It may be with Arya there, but with Nymeria involved, I don't know. They just really haven't set this up at all. They haven't set Nymeria coming back into Arya's life at all. There's no, she hasn't had the visions. It's not too late. She can start having the visions this year, maybe while she's blind. That would be a good time for it. You know, you're supposed, your other senses are supposed to be stronger when you're blind. And so maybe she that's the trigger for her to start developing her own latent warg abilities. That would actually be kind of a cool way to do it. Mm-hmm. But, and we know from, this is what we talked about last season. Her prayer was reduced to four names last season. Mel, uh, Walder Frey is one of them, along with Cersei, the Mountain, and Marin Trant. Well, Marin Trant she took care of in the most gruesome way possible. The mountains, well, he's kind of in a middle category in terms of whether he's been taken care of or not. He certainly suffered. And Cersei, who is, I don't see Arya being able to go after Cersei anytime soon. So Walder Frey is the last one on her list. And we know that she, that's just not a random name on her list. In the books, her list is long. And we know she's not going to be able to get all those names because the list is too long. But in the show, they pared it down almost to a way where it kind of gives away a little bit what we can expect. Uh, I mean, because she cut Melisandre and Thoros and some other names from her list. She just, so they're, they're not going to be involved with her, I don't suppose. Hmm. But this, yeah. The only question is whether or not Nymeria is involved. But Arya going after Walder Frey, I think that's pretty likely. Hey, remember in season three, Melisandre met Aya and said something like, brown, bli- brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, you're going to shut them all. We will meet again. Oh, you're right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so maybe she, I wonder if she'll add Melisandre back onto her list. That'd be kind of a giveaway. <laughs> or maybe uh, maybe if Melisandre's helping John out, she'll, she'll be like, oh, you're helping my, my brother. Hmm. <laughs> yes, that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to a little bit of an open-ended question. Um from Wilkins 75, do you see any marriages taking place this season? If so, between who? I don't think we've had a season without a marriage. Yeah, but I, I'm not <laughs> sure who I think we'll see. We, there's a lot of the marriages we might have seen, we won't see now. Um, maybe I don't. I, I don't know that I see Sansa remarrying this season, or I. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's hard to Tommen's imagine. Tommen's locked up. Not yeah. even in marriage, but his wife's yeah. locked up. Tristane going to remarry somebody? Who? There's nobody. Yeah, I mean, he was only betrothed, but yeah. Maybe get... Yeah, sure, they didn't even actually get married. Uh, oh, that's I, a hard question. I, I want to say yes, because there's always a wedding, but I have no idea who. Well, Danny. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Born. Yeah. His dar is... Uh, Danny to Euron yeah, or something. That could, that, you're right, that's actually kind of obvious in retrospect. <laughs> but that, yeah, that could be... But, I almost feel like that won't be this season. Yeah, it it, she has to get along. You know, there's a lot of stuff has to happen. 
Yeah, she's all the way in the Dothraki yeah, Sea, which yeah. which my boy Victorian Greyjoy thinks you can s- sail on. Right. <laughs> he tries to sail <laughs> to yes. his bride. I am wearing a Victorian shirt in honor of his non-presence in the show, which was entirely predictable, but <laughs> still kind of unfortunate for us Victorian fans. <laughs> Uh, maybe a little yeah. bit. Maybe you're gonna have a little Victorian in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a big axe or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might see like I guess a wedding and in, in that play. Oh yeah, the play, Arya's play, the Mercy some... play. Yeah, so a fake oh. wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's the only options I can really. A think reenactment, of, reenactment of the purple wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we'll move on. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's a great question, Sarah. We can't make any strong guesses besides Daenerys there. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. From Anthony Ferrugia. What will little... Oh, Litterfinger. What will Littlefinger <laughs> do this season? Littlefinger. He cracked me up. Uh, well, uh, he seems to be popping up all over the place. You never know where he's going to turn up. <laughs> like, for all we know, he'll be in. Dorn, the Vale, and the North all this season. Like, I wouldn't put it past him, honestly. Uh, well, he's almost entirely absent from the trailer, so it makes it a little hard to guess. But he is standing in snow at one point, which means he's either left King's Landing or there's snow in King's Landing. But he's out in the wilderness, so I don't think it's King's Landing or near King's Landing. So he's either arrived in the North with Valeman, maybe? You know, there's some thought to the possibility of the Vale soldiers arriving in the north to be part of this huge battle that that may or may not involve them. It would certainly fit. Certainly something that Littlefinger alluded to with Sansa saying, hey, you know, they'll come rescue you, etc. Blah, blah, blah. His his grand plan that is a little strange. But, yeah, we talked about the possibility of him maybe being the one to kill Kevin, but the whole little bird thing doesn't really fit with that. I don't know. It's really hard to say. This is we're being. This is one of those things. We're past the books, and Littlefinger is already really hard to figure. You guys just did episodes on Littlefinger. Maybe you have some extra insight here, or are you just as well. Just as, yeah, I mean, what you said, I think, is is what would likely happen because that would be that would be in line with kind of what we expect that he's going to show up at, in the north and that the, the Vale army is going to be involved, uh, which would also imply that maybe we'll get to see Littlefinger back in the Vale. And I don't know if there was any casting news that supports that, but the... Jan Ross is con- Jan Royce is confirmed for this season. So. Right. Okay. So yeah. he could, you know, go from King's Landing to the Vale, or maybe he starts there. It, at least that's a kind of logical next step if he's going from the south back north, um, and then end up, you know, if that scene is really the north, that could be where he uh, ends up trying to save Sansa, or, or who knows. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, predicting what Littlefinger do. Even Varus can't predict what Littlefinger is going to do. So, come on. How can you expect us? Right. Well, <laughs> and one thing that, you know, it's important to remember that Littlefinger wouldn't have predicted that Sansa and Theon ran away. So, whatever That's is true. happening there now mm-hmm. is kind of outside of his plan. So, he's going to have to be making, uh, you know, alternate plans to deal with yeah. that. One thing we can say for Littlefinger is he tends to not rely on any one thing. He tends to have plans within plans. He's mm-hmm. able to adapt along the way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to be caught too off guard by any of these developments. But the one thing that could could catch everybody off guard is, say, 
White Walkers, you know, White coming Walkers, in. yeah. <laughs> that ruining the Vale army, just like that. Like, oh, damn. Or, or maybe he can't find Sansa. Maybe. Like, here's your Vale army. Wait, Sansa? Wait, where, where'd you go? Where'd she go? <laughs> uh, let's All move right. on then. Uh, let's talk about some Marine stuff here. From Lucas Prusak, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sure I massacred that. Uh, Will Euron or Ashiara head to Marine this season? What are they going to re replace the Siege of Marine with? Well, we know they're still dealing with the Sons of the Harpy, for instance. I feel like that could be one big issue for them. And Daenerys is in the Draki Sea. Yeah. You know, I, I hadn't considered this, but if since there's no Victorian, Euron, in the books, as we know, Euron sent Victorian to get Danny. What if he sends Yara instead? We she the only thing we get of, ladies the whole way there. Yeah, Yara. We the one thing we see of Yara in the trailer is her yeah. making out with somebody, which is yeah. can't really glean anything from that. I mean, making out with a, a girl. I guess just just can't really. I guess my thought here is that I just don't think she's that tractable. I just don't like. We don't know what her relationship is with Yaron. They can just change it and make them yeah. really tight. With yeah, they don't have to hate each other. It's true. But at the, my, I can't really picture Yaron coming up and saying, "You're gonna go get this queen for me," and her being down. Mm. I can't really picture her just making out with women either. So I don't. Know. <laughs> but it, yeah. Uh, but there we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they're gonna have a king's moot and they don't have kind of. You know the Vic to the other characters. She's going to be the one in conflict with him. You would think. Um, so, yeah. So I, I don't know. You know if she's going to work with him. But one thing's for sure that Danny definitely needs a fleet because you're not going to have any kind of volunteer fleet, are you? Danny needs a fleet to get to Westeros. The Ironborn are being brought in. The logical explanation is that. You know that Ironborn are gonna gonna go there to some capacity. Uh, Danny is probably gonna unite the Kalasars, have a hundred thousand Dothraki. She needs the transportation very badly. I think that's a good point, but uh, I think they're also setting up the you know Red Temple here, and potentially that'll be her ships that they'll provide it for her as their savior. There was always Dario's mention of stealing the fleet of Marine, which, yeah. you know, that was just like a one sentence and done, but that could be relevant. But we also didn't think at the time that, that was enough ships, nearly mm -hmm. enough ships. So, and, and we, and it hasn't been mentioned again since that one line. So yeah, yeah. I like the idea of the, the, since you're right, the, the red temple and the Valentines, I mean, not the Valentines, but the, the yeah, Valoris. Yeah, we know like, they're sending a high priestess. So I have to think they, willing to invest something into Daenerys, yeah, given what they've been saying. Uh, yeah, so this is a bit of a segue out of what they're going to replace the Siege of Marine with. I think what we've settled on is that we don't know that we're, we're going to see a Siege of Marine. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a Siege of Marine, but there will be maybe just the chaos of the dragons getting loose, uh, combined with the fact that the Sons of the Harpy are a much bigger danger in the show than they are in the books, it seems like. Instead of just a shadow army, they're like a real army. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just this real terrorist thing that they this ongoing threat. So I think that'll. It'll... What about grayscale? What about did Jorah give grayscale to Marine? Well, that could be a you know a parallel to the pale mare. I mean, he he certainly 
seems to have had it. I don't know if there's any indication that he could have passed it on. Uh, well, so, yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, I, I guess but... I don't quite think it's going to be an outbreak in Marine. I tend to think Westeros. Um, so I, don't, I, I personally will go on record. I don't think it's going to outbreak in Marine. Um, but here's another Marine question. Uh, what will Varys do in Marine? Seems like he's they're going to be hunting out those sons of the Harpy, which is pretty important, and dealing with the Red Temple, and sending his little birds to <laughs> I think he's. I think his main role will be to help with this with the sons of the Harpy. That's you know. But I would have expected that to be. If you had asked me last season, <laughs> I would have thought that was just going to be all Tyrion, maybe with some help from Masande and Grey Worm, but. With Varus in there, yeah, it's a whole different bag. But I do kind of expect Varus to not stick around Marine. Uh, although, I could easily see him staying because he may as well just come over with everybody else. What but then there's the whole little birds thing. What do you think Varus thinks about those red priests? Yeah, he can't like point. sorcerers. He does not. He does not like that. You're, that's a great point. Hmm. Yeah. No, he hmm. does not. Well. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay, let's move out. Let's move out of all this marine talk. Then uh, a little more open from oh, this name. Uh, I can't say it. I don't know. I don't know how to say your name, dude or dudette. Uh, they ask, "What do you speculate will be the main event in the final couple of episodes of the season?" Well, one, we're going to see that northern battle. We think that'll be towards the end. Um, We'll some see sort that, of, that well, Night's King thing towards yeah, the end. Some sort of White Walker action, and Night's King action. some murder in King's Landing. Yeah, Kevin's thing. Well, the murder of Kevin may happen at the end of the season, towards the end of the season. I could see that happening earlier. I see Arya and Westeros leaving, arriving. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to predict, say, what the end of the season will be like for, say, Brienne. That's <laughs> really up in the air. Okay. But I think Arya, you know, we can kind of guess that coming to Westeros or maybe killing Walder or something like that or starting on a quest to kill Walder, or just like she ended a season heading to Bravo, she could end the season heading to Westeros. That would yeah. be kind of cool. And like we said before, maybe we'll see Sam in Old Town and Old Town being attacked, but not see the battle, just the threat of the battle. Yeah, just like a big bell rings, and he's like, what's that bell? And like, oh my god, he sees all these ships coming. And I guess maybe, I guess we think the Robert Strong fight would be earlier in the season. I'm just thinking yeah. of main event, big, big mm. events. Any other thoughts? Maybe if the, if the Melisandre walking on the walls of Winterfell, if that does happen, oh. that could be end of the season kind of thing. Well. Uh, I'm sure there's some other ideas. If we went through every plot line, we could probably make a guess for each one, but that would be a bit lengthy <laughs> process. And we would like to answer some other questions. That's a very good question. Thanks for that. All right. Uh, we got a lot of questions about this Dawn question, so we'll ask, answer okay. this one. Also for Anthony, for yeah, you... Uh, Will we see Arthur, Sir Arthur Dane wield Dawn at the Tower of Joy? Well, in the trailer, there's a dude who looks pretty handy with a sword. You'd think he would be <laughs> Arthur Dane. I say a sword. He's actually got two. And, uh, yeah, he's a handy with two swords. <laughs> two swords. <laughs> no, I, I don't think we're going to get Dawn in, in the story. I mean, it's only mentioned like three or four times. It, it could end up being big news in the main books. But like I said with Dark Sister, they've got no obligation to stick to these more nerdy parts of the story. They have a difficult job enough just, you know, getting the main story down. So little details like this are disposable. Well, I could see it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the the sword though. One of the two swords that this guy has appears to be a white. So I thought, mm, does it? it? I, I thought so. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. It kind of looked a little white to me, but I thought it could be just the angle and the, like the lighting. But... I thought it definitely different from all the others. Yeah. So, um, could uh, which would be not Dawn, because obviously uh, Dawn, as it's described in the books, wouldn't be up, you know, one-handed, <laughs> you know, but kind of a maybe a nod or something that you know. Oh, he had a really cool white sword. Yeah. Speaking of this, this dual-wielding Kingsguard from the trailer. It's probably Arthur Dane because Arthur Dane was cast, so if that's not Arthur Dane, then the guy we don't see in the trailer is even more badass because <laughs> the casting call was very specific. They want a guy who's a legitimate, real-life expert swordsman, and that dude swinging two swords is probably that guy, right? I mean... <laughs> and so... And it looks like this might be a six on one rather than a seven versus three. Typical pairing things down a little bit for the show. You can't can't blame them too much for that. Uh, of course, we'd love to see seven on three with Oswald Went and Sir Gerald Hightower, but yeah, we can't really expect that. We didn't, heck, we didn't think we'd get Tower of Joy at all <laughs> last season. So let's take what we can get. I'm pretty excited. What do you guys make of the lack of white cloaks? Yeah, I guess that's just a show thing. Maybe they don't cloaks look as are good. Silly. <laughs> that's what I make of it. I think they don't work. Especially Someone in Dorne. grabs you and pulls you. And, yeah. Maybe at night you need uh, Dorne. I know. was just going to say that. Did you ever see Little The Incredibles? Capes. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Capes, maybe not the best thing for fighting in. Look, walking around looking fancy, they're great. But in an actual fight, not so much. Yeah, maybe think of that new Star Wars trailer, the Rogue One trailer. Oh, had that guy in his white cloak. Yeah, you know, it's right, his like light gray, white thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was pristine white. Uh, <laughs> anyways, okay. Um, so to answer the last part of that question, yeah, I don't think Dawn is going to play a role in the show. They've already shown that that Valyrian steel can just slice right through another. I, and Lightbringer has hardly been talked about. Azor Ahai also not really. So it's just not the show. It's just not how the show is doing things. I'd love to see Dombey. Yeah, I don't expect it. Mm. All right. Uh, now, there's still a huge amount of questions here. Yep. Apologize in advance. Anyone whose questions don't get answered, there are definitely too many to go uh, with here. We, We've just got to stick with the ones with the most upvotes. Yeah, we recommend you get in early. Uh, I guess I'll ask this one. Yeah, um, this is a good one. From the real Peter Man. Not the fake Peter <laughs> What will be Theon's role in the show's King's Moon? Hmm. I don't know if you'll have a role. Yeah, I don't think he'll be part of the King's Mood. Maybe yeah. he'll just hand wave. He's hardly mentioned at all or something. Are we even sure that it's going to be a King's Mood? It might just yeah. be Euron kills Balon, and because we see him on the bridge there, which I think Ooh. if you anyone who's read the books saw that knew exactly what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, there doesn't have to be a decision. It could just be like, you're next. Euron, he just says, I'm king. I'm the brother. There's no, you know, Theon's not around. You know, Yara's there to maybe even corroborate that. Like, yeah, he's technically alive, but yeah, no, he's not Theon anymore. Yeah. So I hope we see a King's move, but I kind of think they might just go straight to just coronating him. Is that the right word? Coronating him? Okay. <laughs> and just go from there. Mm -hmm. So either way, though, yeah, I don't think Theon will be involved at all. Yeah. Because I think, I think it'll be early in the season, and Theon's still fleeing from the castle and the snow. Yeah, I don't... 
Yeah, it would be hard. Uh, you know, unless unless they did it in in Yara was there to be sort of the opposition to Euron and say oh, my brother still lives or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just to keep him sort of there for the you know, the thought of him around for whatever as, happens. as a stop against Euron somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, we really don't know how they're going to do Euron. Like we're we're kind of what is since we're book readers. Be like, exactly. Or... We just default to his book personality, but we really don't know that for sure. By the way, we already know he doesn't have an eye patch, for instance, and we don't see him with any purpley black lips or. The casting was so spot on. By the way, our 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 unsullied co-host Sean, who we do the Monday the Monday episodes with for show only watchers, he when he saw the trailer, he thought that was Theon. He's like, was that Theon? Because it's so fast. Oh, so did I. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I thought. What Theon's pushing his father off a bridge? <laughs> so <That's>, yeah. <laughs> great job again with the casting. That's something they just re- that, just yeah. repeatedly nail is the casting in the show. It's something you just can't say Nina you know, positive things about. Yeah, Nina Gold. Yeah, who also did the casting for. Gold again. Yeah. She, she did casting for yeah. Force Awakens, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. She is on mm. fire. Yeah. <laughs> I think she she won a big award in this. Well, she deserves oh, yeah. it. Actually. Yeah, yeah, she deserves she it. Does. Yeah. She does. Really kills it. So his name is. Uh, I'm probably gonna say this wrong. Pilo Asbeck. He's Danish, I believe, and I watched a few trailers that he was in for movies he's been in, or he's been in some war movies. He'll be a good Euron. I'll, 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 I don't think it's going out on a limb to say that. Mm-hmm. He was also really excited about the casting. He himself was like, "What? So how does it feel to be on Game of Thrones?" He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm Euron Greyjoy, Ironborn." Got to love that a guy who's actually like fired up about his character and all that. So. Another yeah. positive. Uh, let's see. What question now? Uh, here's a good question. Something we haven't touched on. Your um, dead pet's here's ghost. Some, yeah, from your dead pet's ghost. Uh, <laughs> this is related to people being pumped up. The Sand Snakes were pumped up about their characters, and they were probably pretty disappointed. Uh, the question is, do you see the Sand Snakes having a big role in the story for Season 6? And honestly, I kind of feel like they might just hand waving we might not actually see them dealt with one it was received really poorly and if they can hand wave it and not have us see them that'd be good but two we just haven't heard any announcements about Keisha Castle Hughes you know Rosabelle or Auntie Sellers or Jessica Henwick and I, I yeah I don't think they'll be in it I, I don't think it'll be completely hand-waved, but I think it'll be very minimal and I don't think they'll have a role big role I think it will be that they're on the run now. They can't just be out in the open. So, and I think you're right. I don't think that they, I don't think that the showrunners expect people to be interested in the Sand Snakes running away from Doran as a mm-hmm. plot line. So I think that gets us back to the possibility that they get locked up in the, in the, in the towers, kind of like they do in the books, just in a different way for a different reason, but kind of for the same purpose. And that will ni- nicely remove them from the story for a while. And maybe they can, yeah. I definitely don't think one of them is getting sent to King's Landing, like in the book. No, I don't <laughs> or the two of them, rather. Two of them are being sent there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too late for that now. Yeah, like we wanted to kill these Lannisters, and well, they're all dead mm-hmm. already. Hmm. Dang it. See what you get for waiting, Doran? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this one from Seamus McMonkey. <laughs> the show has arranged for Jamie to be present at the death of two of Cersei's children. 
Is this the season Tom invites the dust? Is Jamie present? And Cersei blames him? Oh, we talked about this a little bit. I don't think, I don't think any of us quite think Tommen's gonna, you know, die this season. If he does, it'll be end of the season, too. And I think, we, I think yeah. we also, in general, think that Jamie's leaving, and so I don't think we'll think... I think I can answer for all of us and say we don't think Jamie will be there. But I do think that Cersei will blame him. <laughs> she blamed him for Joffrey, and that's really, really not his fault. And it's, it's, it's because because you weren't here. That's why it's his fault. You should have been here to protect him. It's like, yeah. I was busy losing my hand. I, I think his... I do think... I think we... As a group, probably expect Tom and Steph is more likely next season, which could mean Jamie is back for it. That's one thing that that could come back around. Uh, I am looking forward to Jamie in the Riverlands because we get the Cooper and Darnell show again. That's going to be fun because it mm -hmm. does seem that Bronn is going with him again instead of uh, it'd be Ilan Payne in the books. But Ilan Payne makes for a very poor traveling companion in the show because you know he doesn't talk. So, Bronn, meanwhile, is Mr. Banter and Mr. Sing singing along. Yeah, he's far more entertaining. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on then to another question from your dead pet's ghost. What do you think Sansa will be doing after her escape? Anyone want to answer this one? Um, I hope she won't be being caught again. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after, probably rubbing some feeling back into her legs for that. 70-foot <laughs> drop. Uh, I think she's, she's going to seek shelter with one of the other, you know. Uh, will she try to head to the wall, or will she seek eh, the last hearth? What, reunion with Rickon? That'd be amazing if she goes to, to last hearth also and finds out that Rickon is alive because she doesn't know Rickon's alive either. Right. right. Or does she go to, you know, what other Northern Lords were cast, maybe a Karstark? Does she, you know, do they do something completely different with the Karstarks in the show? And she she goes there to um, the Carhold and sets up this kind of three-way, you know. Mm -hmm. I think she does know that Rickon's alive. She does? Theon told her. Oh, yeah, of course, Theon of course. Yeah, you're right. right. That didn't sound uh, right when I said it. Yeah, she does know. So she would right. maybe be thinking about that. Of course, her first thing is to, you know, not mm -hmm. get, not captured, get captured. captured. Be mm -hmm. safe somewhere. Seeing her brother is a luxury. But that would be one of the first things she would want to do. Mm. And that is, yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, I did forget that. Mm. Uh, okay, I guess we covered Sansa. Here we go from Dornish Dan. How will the Iron Bank recoup its massive losses? Stannis, Robert, Joffrey, etc.? Could Sir Rob Zombie be the ultimate repo man? <laughs> Sir Rob Zombie. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, wow. That raises the question we've talked about before is, what's Bravos' opinion going to be on Daenerys in the yeah. show? And Mace Tyrell is there still. I mean, he might be thinking, it's time for me to get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. My bodyguard was just brutally, brutally murdered. Yeah. Maybe I should be leaving. But, you know, Mace is one of those guys, He the way they have him, He's, he was kind of like, da -da 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 -da. I'd like to see him <laughs> stick around for that play. Mace of Base. Oh, yeah, see the I'd play. Like to see him, that would be like, amazing. Yeah. Watching it, I don't know. I love Mace, I do. <laughs> and that actor's great. <sighs> but yeah, I don't know. I think that could it could get ugly there. Uh, I think that we're not, maybe we haven't quite gotten to that point yet because, I mean, Mace is still negotiating with him right now. Maybe they're going to tell him, look, man, we're, we're done giving you all money. But on the other hand, they, they want to back the eventual winner because only the eventual winner will pay them back. So they have to, it's imperative that they back the eventual winner. 
And right now, there is, like you, like Ashea says, the eventual winner could be Daenerys. But do they are they are they aware of that? I mean, I'm sure that they've heard of Daenerys, but are they going to back her? Are they going to? Hmm. That's a really tough call. Because hmm. of course they are anti-slavery, and so is Danny. But they have that history with dragons, which is a very negative uh, history with dragons. So I don't know which wins out there. Well, they had the history with dragons when they were being used to facilitate slavery. So the. You know, it wasn't actually the dragons they had a problem with, I don't think. It was the, the usage, which, as you say, you know, falls on the side of Danny because she is anti-slavery. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, if she's using the, if she's using the dragons to free slaves, that should be, yeah, that, they should like that, I would think. Uh, okay, let's move on uh, to this question from Matt Ainsworth. Will we get to see Big Bucket and the rest of the mountain clans? We need badass mountain men with quotes like, let me bathe in Bolton blood before I die. I want to feel it spatter across my face when my axe bites deep into a Bolton skull. Well, maybe that line is going to be, or something like it would be given to one of these other northern lords, and maybe one of these northern lords could be, you know, like rough and tumble clansman type, mm -hmm. like they kind of kind of go down the middle, a sort of, sort of clansman-ish. But, you know, I mean, these northern lords, you don't, you don't have to, it's not a stretch to make them scruffy and badass mm -hmm. and anti-Bolton. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't think we'll see specifically that, but I think we'll see a lot of more northerners because we're going to see multiple northern lords. We'll see some of their court, some of their champions, maybe some of their mm -hmm. sons and daughters. And there'll be some anti-Bolton sentiment. Mm -hmm. And if, the, if they use that line, well, yeah, why wouldn't they? Because it's mm -hmm. a great line. I mean... I could easily see them not using it, but... On the subject of that line, uh, what would be a satisfying death for Ramsey? <laughs> I'm going to say Shaggy Dog rips him to pieces. That's my pick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm not really a brutal person like that, but that's what I want. It would be fitting for maybe Theon. I would say his own dogs would be the yeah. most po poetic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. how we see it in the books, but um, I would... Uh, Except um, a direwolf, a, a, yes. just a different kind of dog. <laughs> I would accept that. <laughs> Any dog. Yeah. One. It's going to be Sandor. Like, <laughs> revenge for Sansa, a dog is going to kill Ramsay. Right. <laughs> One remote possibility that we saw mentioned that was that the burning bodies on the crosses were Roos and Walda because Ramsay wanted to usurp his own father. Now, the one problem with that was a couple problems with that. One of the main ones being that. That wouldn't taunt anyone other than other Boltons, and why? So I don't know why Ramsey would want to do that. But it would be interesting if they come into conflict, and I would expect who would come out on top of that. Uh, it would depend on who turned on who first, I suppose. Whoever got the upper hand. So if Ramsey turned on his own father, maybe he would lose some of his own support, or maybe all the Boltons would fall in line with him. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe that, maybe his, maybe Roos's death starts the domino effect of the other Northern Lords saying, well, we didn't want to stand up to Roos, but this Ramsey guy, we can go, we'll go after him because he's, you know, not as clever as his father, although he has 20 good men. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on, but stay related to the subject uh, from Lawrence Movima. Say the Knights of the Vale, led by Littlefinger, show up during the Bastard Bowl, and we have three armies. Who supports whom? Well, mm. I don't. I, I don't think Littlefinger is supporting the Boltons. 
I gotta agree. I think he's intended to turn on them. I think he's supporting whatever side Sansa's on. If he can find out what side she's on. Um, hmm. Could be an interesting thing, you know, kind of situation where if he doesn't know what happened. Um, We might have talked about this last season where, you know, do the Boltons attempt to control that information that Sansa has escaped, that they've lost their, you know, big piece of power. Yeah. So what if and Littlefinger he, doesn't know that the Boltons don't have Sansa and he shows up thinking, I got to support them because it, it could be an interesting. Yeah, that's true. And of course, if there's these other Northern Lords, whatever side they take, you know, if he wants to swoop in like a savior, yeah. you know, he's going to be fighting on the side of the, North or whoever, you know, the Northern representatives, whether that's still the Boltons or whether that's this insurgency group, whoever they turn out to be, you know, a lot of possibilities there. Hmm. Uh, okay, All right. We got time for maybe one or two more. Yeah. This one's real short. We have more than two for sure. Cause this one's very short. Okay. Uh, from, I'm not sure if it's Rocio, Rocio. Anyways, uh, how much of a backstory do you think we might get about the tower of joy Will we see any Danes in the current storyline? Edric, Darkstar, or some new character? I don't think we'll see any Danes, any current Danes, um, or anything like that. But I think we might get some backstory about the Tower of Joy from, you know, Bran talking to Bloodraven or Mira about this subject. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't think we, we certainly won't just go into the Tower of Joy with nothing. We won't just get this scene yeah, and be like, what is going on? Who is that? Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah, I think, I think we'll get, like I said, it would be, would not surprise me if we get that Tourney of Harrenhal, Night of the Laughing Tree mm-hmm. story from Mira, which would set up maybe Bran having visions of other things that yeah. follow on that, yeah. build on that. Well, hopefully we do see that. Yeah, hopefully we get a young Lyanna. We're, there's apparently a young Robert. But yeah. it's a really young Robert. Like, They're different. And yeah, yeah, which obviously isn't going to have to do with the Tower of Joy anyway. But the young Ned, there's like a you know, a lot of lots of possibilities, lots of possibilities there as well. But okay. I don't think we'll see Edric or Darkstar. No, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Okay, another short question from Anthony Downing. How do you think Cersei will react to the death of Kevin? Happier or more paranoid? Okay, we'll we'll all answer this. I'm going to say she's going to be happy. She's gonna, I think she's going to be happy, and then she's going to hit her. Yeah. The reality of the situation. It's going to make her paranoid, <laughs> for sure. I think yeah, I think you're right. There may be some like, well, that you know that shows what. But I think there'll be a lot of paranoia too, because that's Cersei is a paranoid person, and her, all of her family is dying around her. Tywin, Kevin, Marcella. I mean, she's really going to fear for Tommen. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so that's a big, big one. It'll be interesting to see if she can pin Kevin's death on Tyrion. <laughs> she'll want to, she'll want to. Or, or will she you know start looking you know giving the evil eye to the Tyrells that you know Lady Elena or something whoever's still around all okay, right let's well, do one more one more huh? let's find one last question actually we can do two more we got time for two okay uh I'm scrolling I didn't prepare what our next one would be uh okay here's a nice one Will Tycho Nostoras, the banker, be in the next season? I would love to see his role with Stannis in the show. Uh, well, I think if we're getting some more Mace and Bravos, I don't think we're just going to... Next thing we see of Mace is he's back in King's Landing. Yeah. So I do think we'll get a little bit of... Maybe he'll see the play. <laughs> yeah. 
be a play. That'd be the play would be a way to get all the few characters in Bravos together in one place. It'd be interesting. And that was mm -hmm. by Emma Fischel. I didn't say her name. Sorry, Emma. Mm -hmm. uh, well. Any other thoughts on that, guys? Just think. I think it makes sense. So what Mace went to Bravos for a reason. So be nice. All right. Well, I'm looking for other questions. There's just so many good questions. It's hard to decide. Uh, who gets the last one? Yeah, who gets the last one? Okay, how about that one? That's a fun one. This one? Oh, yeah. oh cool. This is a great, great idea. Uh, Catherine Cronin, who got many questions in. Good job, Catherine. <laughs> uh, what are you looking for? What are you most looking forward to seeing this season? I can't wait for the Kingsmith. That's from Catherine. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start because I. Oh, oh, no, you go no, ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I'm really looking forward to John's resurrection. Seeing, you know, I've really waited a long time to see how it will work out in the books. I know it will be different in the show, but, you know, I'd like to see the light version of how it's done. And I'm just intrigued about the dynamics and the magic involved. I like that kind of thing. So that's it, John's resurrection. Mm. All right, Lady Gwen. Yeah, kind of. Kind of a, a version of that, I guess. You know, I'm interested to see what how that all plays out. Uh, I certainly hope, beyond hope, that we get to see some um, ghost action, mm -hmm. some badass mm -hmm. direwolf. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And the return of Davos is um, another part yeah. of that that I'm excited for. So For me, it's very simple. I kind of already said it. I'm looking forward to seeing the undead mountain in action. That's uh, the uh, the old horror horror movie aspect of this is going to get a little more upscale. Of course, I'm looking forward to anything to do with the White Walkers, seeing more mysteries there, and uh, being you know a big history nerd. Whatever Sam discovers at Old Town, we're looking forward to that too. I'm most looking forward to all of Sam and Gilly's plotline for a variety of reasons. From mm. I'm curious if we'll see them on the boat, or maybe we'll get some kind of Kojimo. I don't think we will, but maybe. Mm. Uh, to Sam's family's scene's going to be great and hilarious and awkward and mm. funny. And then, yeah, Old Town. So I'm just all of Sam's plotline. I think it's going to really stand out to me this season. Uh, yeah, I think that's my answer. Cool. I guess also my second choice is, I, I, I just I don't know what they're gonna do. Like I don't really care about the Tristan thing, but I also deeply care about Doran not having it there. So I'm too invested in finding out if he's gonna die. Hmm. But uh. And the return of Gendry, which is yeah, and that no, that's probably not happening. But I'm, <laughs> I want that. I want that to happen. Let's we'll see. I just want to see how large his arms. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna row in like the last the last episode of the last season. <laughs> What did I miss? He's gonna challenge. He's gonna challenge the mountain for largest arms. Like he may be taller, but I've been rowing. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Whether you are catching this after the fact or not, thanks especially to those who joined us live, who added questions and upvotes. We really appreciate you participating in the process. It makes it a lot more fun. Of course, we can't cover everything, so we apologize for people who asked questions and didn't get them answered. And thanks to Radio Westeros for joining us. Looking forward to having you guys with us for most of the season. So why don't you guys tell everyone where to find you? Yeah, thanks for uh, watching and listening today. We're Radio Westeros. 
find our podcast at radiowesteros.com and uh, you know give us a give us a try see if you like us right on i know i do so on behalf of all of us here the four of us thanks again for everyone and we hope you're even more excited for season six now after hearing some of these fun questions and answers i certainly am i've i've been fired up for a while but i'm even more fired up now and we're excited to have you guys along for the ride with us it's going to be a long fun season starting in like i said 15 days coming up soon if you're listening to this later it's even less than 15 days so we'll see you guys again during the season and until then valar morgolis